episode 289 of the Sleeper and the Bust. It is your Sunday edition coming at you on a normal Sunday. I am Paul Spore, joined as always on Sundays by Jason Collette. Jason, how's it going, man? A normal Sunday? That sounds quite weird. I understand that. I mean, it's not normal because it's not in the middle of the baseball season. That's what I would consider normal. But it is a, it is a little bit of a normal Sunday for us. Uh, your favorite team did lose uh, in football. Mine did everything it could to lose uh, and, and won in spite of itself. So that in that respect, from a football standpoint, it feels like a normal Sunday, except well, that the uh, the Lions somehow held on. And then let's not forget, at one point today, you and I were in first and second place in, in the Roto-Wire FanDuel League, which, you know, you, it's skill. Me, it's all luck. <laughs> no, no, and no, here's no, the no, thing. No. I shot myself in the foot because I had Greg Olson and Kamar Aiken in there because Olson's tied in here in Carolina and Kamar Aiken went to UCF. That's that's my strategy, right? I like it. And then I was like, you know what? Wait, Detroit, they've been getting torched. I'm starting Derek Carr. Screw it. I'm going to stack and I'm going to put Amari Cooper in there. No. And I'm going to pick up Fleener at tight end. That worked oh. out well. Did yeah, you? So um, I would have been 15 points in first place. I'd have done that because I lost 15 points between those two. Too bad you didn't put in, uh, or, or too bad you didn't get Kobe Fleener's pick. That should have counted for you. It should be a plus two. <laughs> um, yeah. How uh, the right? hell did you get an interception? I saw somebody talking about that. Um, it was the the hail mary at the end of the game. Oh. Which well, actually cost a me two. a point. I, I've got Matt Ryan. Anyway, we're talking too much football. Half the listeners yes, we are, are going to tune out because I know some of y'all don't like football. Uh, Fantasy is pretty much what 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 keeps me invested. To be honest, the Lions are a joke. I don't care to watch their full games so fantasy it is but fantasy baseball regular baseball any kind of baseball keeps me invested in baseball and today uh obviously a lot has gone down trades uh, not too many signings yet but also some roster movement through the dfas uh, you got to make your 40 man set as they get ready for the rule five draft so we had a lot of dfas which is designated for assignment guys who are now in limbo and could definitely find themselves on other teams so we want to talk about some of those guys talk a little bit about the trade market with some big names that are getting rumored see if you think uh, if they're going to go anywhere at all with some of these big names and then talk some of the free agent buzz that we've heard so far a couple big free agents have been linked pretty strongly to teams recently and i want to get your take we're not going to discuss any of the trades today you know and i are actually going to do that either monday or tuesday of next week so you're going to get two podcasts very quickly here before the holiday uh so hopefully folks like that so jason we're going to start off with it with some designated for assignment guys these are not huge names, but they can be impact players. I mean, it, it happens every single year that a DFA winds up making a high impact on another team. In fact, several of them really do, if, if we're being honest. But th- these kind of scrap heap players, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's financial. That just doesn't make sense for their team. They get put on the scrap heap. They go wind up somewhere else and, and pan out very nicely. We're going to start with one that I'm I'm a little bit skeptical on, but the write-up that we read was, was, was giving him a little bit more praise than I thought he deserved. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if John Axford, DFA'd by Colorado, did find another job because that's just the way it is with relievers. He did strike out 10 per nine, but he also walked 5.2. Uh, and he second 20- straight season, by the way. But he logged 25 saves, and that's gonna that's gonna register. I'm not saying that it should, but it's going to register. He's definitely still gonna get a shot. He's only gonna be 33 years old. By the way, Colorado did a lot of this action in terms of the big names that were cut. So we're gonna be talking a lot about Rockies. But Axford definitely won. Teams 
always looking for bullpen help. You don't have to make him a closer, but you put him hopefully in the seventh inning. And then if things you know, go south, at least you have somebody who can close games if your first two guys get hurt. So what do you think of John Axford? What does he still have left, if anything? Because you mentioned two years in a row with five-plus walks. It's actually three out of the last four as well. Yep. Well, I mean, here, the the thing is, he's always been able to strike guys out. His major league career strikeout rates ten is ten six per nine innings. His strikeout percentage for his major league career is twenty seven percent. So these are all strong numbers. Striking out dudes isn't the problem. It's the four and a half walks per nine or yeah. the eleven percent walk rate. That's what kills him. Because even over the past few years, he's become a ground ball pitcher too, a fifty four and a fifty six percent ground ball rate. In Colorado, so you've got good strikeouts, you've got high ground ball rates, so you're like, okay, and hell, he even had a 420 ERA in Colorado. I mean, that's that's a perfect, <laughs> perfect thing for Colorado, but it's it's been the three stages of Axford. He used to be good, then there was that point where, you know, everybody was beating him up, but then the Cardinals traded for him and said, oh, homeboy, uh, we were, you were tipping all your pitches, and yep. everybody knew what was coming, uh, and now instead of tipping his pitches, he's just, you know, giving away free passes instead of giving yep. away base hits. They're not then, going I mean, anywhere. the issue with him, the issue with him is he's, you know, I'm looking at Matt Swartz's uh, arbitration figures uh, that he calculates, and he said Axford was going to make six and a half million dollars this year. So if you're a reliever making six and a half, you need to be worth a win. That's something Axford hasn't done since 2011. Please so stop. I don't expect him to be claimed. I do, you know, and I think he's got enough seniority where he can just go to free agency, uh, and. And then they, somebody will pick him up. I, I could see him getting a one-year, five, four to five million dollar deal because he's mm-hmm. he's worth it along that, along those lines. But six and a half, nah. Uh, you know, this is this is something that I don't see him closing for anyone. There's just no. too many walks. Even if he did, he got 25 slaves last year because the Rockies suck. If exactly. he lands up in a team somebody. that sucked, and they, anybody, then sure, you put him there. Uh, but it, if that's not the case, then, you know, somebody else put him with a pitching coach that may be able to make a few more tweaks, but it's not like he's been with some slouches. I mean, he, 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 St. Louis wasn't able to do much with him and, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes from there, but this is a guy that I used to like on the cheap for saves, but you know, 2010 to 2012 is a long time ago. By the way, I'm not going to pin you down for locations on any of these guys. Cause these are especially tough to predict. Some of them might already have kind of not backhand or under the table deals, but might have agreements with their current team that says, listen, we're going to DFA you, but we're going to get it situated so that you get back here uh, at a lower cost or something like that. Uh, But if you have an ideal team in mind with any of these, obviously feel free to mention it. Um, I I know you'll have an ideal league for this next guy, and we are sticking with Colorado, and we're talking about Will and Rosario, who's a guy who, you know, ostensibly has been a catcher in his life, but he's never really been a catcher. No, no team that wants to have that strength up the middle and is a championship team would ever be looking at Will and Rosario as your everyday catcher. Now that said, he can hit and, and it wasn't always just Colorado, but uh, he did put up uh, some good seasons there. A couple 20 homer seasons. I believe he has a proficiency against lefties. So that makes him a short side platoon guy. And I mentioned the the fact that AL is probably going to work better for him. That's probably the desired league because he doesn't really have a defensive position. But how do you see Will and Rosario, who's still only 27 years old? That's the, he's a short side home player. I, I believe he has 50, uh, 71 home runs in his career. 60 of them, I think, are at home. Oh, wow. and, Maybe uh, it was uh, all Coors that I But I here, I mean, here's, the, here's the bigger issue. The bigger issue is for fantasy purposes, he only, he's only first base eligible next season. He's exactly. undraftable. He can't he do anything with that. He's absolutely undraftable at first base. Um, 
I'm looking at, because I did his player write-up, uh, 40 of his 71 home runs still. So he had 309 with 40 home runs at home, and he hit 235 with 31 homers on the road. But he's only first base, first base eligible in fantasy leagues, and he's so god-awful a catcher, nobody's going to give him any more time there. So he's not draftable, unless you're in a very, very deep 12-team NL league. If you have a bench, sure. If he makes the NL 12 team AL, I think you kind of have to, yeah. he, I think he's kind of like a, a guy we'll talk about uh, shortly. JP Aaron Sibiak, same kind of skill set, uh, except he, you know, Rosario can actually hit for a bit of average uh, in that regard, but that's kind of what you're looking at. Somebody may come up, hit some home runs uh, if given the opportunity, but it will get overexposed again. My perception of Rosario uh, was simply dated uh, because in 2012, 2011, or excuse me, 2012, 2013, when he was having success, it was because uh, he was dominating at home and, and carrying it over on the road capably. Not great, 722, mm-hmm. 785 OPS. But the last two years for Rosario, 533 and 543 OPS on the road. He hasn't done anything away from course. So we'll see where he lands. It looks like it's going to be a DH type. Uh, or maybe, like you said, first base, that he's definitely first base only in all leagues, which, again, makes him really difficult to draft. 3.2 million is what his arbitration figure would have been, and you know, he has not earned that over the past two seasons combined. He just, combined, it, he yeah. has been a, a, a half a win below replacement. It's just, it's just been too much of a disaster for a guy who, you know, again, looked like to have the hitting kind of in place just needed to kind of find a spot for him now he doesn't even have that and there's no spot for him at least if he was still catching you could kind of you know you can justify things more you obviously have a much lower threshold at catcher to be considered good and now he's playing with the big boys at first base and that's just going to be tough uh i'm going to switch the order up on you just a little bit here and we'll finish off with the colorado guys and talk about rex brothers who was also dfa'd it's a similar situation to to Axford, maybe, but from the left side because walks have, have just been an issue for him. And it, honestly, in 2014, 2015, the fastball, while it still reaches the mid-90s, it was really bad. Uh, it just got beat around. The slider was still devastating. That said, a lefty who can throw mid-90s uh, with, with a true strikeout pitch like that slider, he, he's just not going to stay unemployed very long. What do you think of lefty Rex Brothers? He wasn't even that – he was not even that expensive. That's kind of where they are with him. Uh, you know, they, they sent him down to the minors mid-July, and just the, the command is all over the place. The issue is that that's really, when you have a guy that is projected to make a million and a half dollars in arbitration and you DFA him. <laughs> a guy uh, throws 96 from the left side. But he just has he has the problem is he has no idea where the ball's going. Exactly. His strikeout Six rate walks the he last was walking more than you know. If we look over, it was just ten innings last year. Let's combine let's combine 2014 and 2015. We're talking about 47 walks to 60 strikeouts. I don't care how hard you throw. I, I do not care how hard you throw. 2013 was fun for him, but even back in 2013 and 2012, it, he's never really had command. His best no. his best walk rate in any career is 11.6% in any year is 11.6%, and it has gotten progressively worse year by year, 11.6, 12.5, 12.8, 14.3, and 17.4 last year. And his strikeout rate has gone the exact opposite, 34.3, 28.1, 27.1, 22, and then 10.9 last season. So this, you know, everything's trending in the wrong direction here. There's a lot of guys that can throw hard, have no idea where it's going to go. 
Uh, I, I, there's no reason this guy, this is why guys get DFA. There's no reason to roster this guy next year, uh, unless he comes to spring training, throwing BBs and then suddenly can command the baseball, which is something he struggled mightily with the last two seasons. hundred percent, but he's going to get a chance to show that he can, that this is the kind sure. of guy who keeps getting those chances. And so we'll see if it clicks somewhere over the winter or in spring training with somebody. He will get a shot. We'll see if he makes any good on it. That That's obviously going to be the key for Rex Brothers. Uh, the next guy is probably my favorite of the bunch. You know, he's got injuries that's really kind of lingering over him. It's A.J. Griffin from Oakland. Uh, his return from Tommy John just did not go well. He couldn't really get get going uh, this year. Spent only 14 innings pitching between high A and triple A. The results, who really cares about him? There's 14 innings, uh, 15 strikeouts, one walk, five homers. Just, again, doesn't really matter. It's 14 innings. The fact is the health was preventing him from uh, you know, doing anything, particularly for Oakland. And so they decided to DFA him. There's a lot of stuff here. If, the, if this guy has even a modicum of health uh, and he can show that, I, I think that A.J. Griffin, again, he's going to be picked up perhaps fastest of the bunch because the upside is high. Unless the medicals are awful, which I obviously have no access to. What do you think of A.J. Griffin, the righty from Oakland? Yeah, half a million. I mean, the, the issue that really – you just mentioned 14 innings last year, missed all of 2014, missed most of this past year because of a shoulder issue. So now we have elbow and now we have shoulder. Uh, so the medical – and then, you know, this this was necessitated by them signing Rich Hill. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the record of health either. No. And this is like, you know, this is they signed Rich Hill to get rid of this guy they who is cheap. And Rich Hill, Rich Hill, six million dollars, I think he got for the one year deal um, along those lines. So th- that's the issue. So you've got elbow, you've got shoulder. That's a long kinetic chain of injuries. And, you know, we'll he's a he's a wait and see guy. You see where he is. I liked what he what he was able to do. He did have trouble keeping the ball in the yard because mm-hmm. he's a heavy fly ball pitcher, and that kind of stuff happens. But let's see what he looks like in spring training if somebody picks him up. He's dirt cheap. If somebody were to claim him, you know, you know, if he's DFA'd and the A's, you know, put him the A's have DFA'd him, and somebody claims him, the A's could revoke that. It should be able to, I believe. I, honestly, I, forget all the I don't know 100%, rules. so I'm not going to. I forget the transaction rules, but I believe he could be claimed. And then, you know, kind of like the, like with some trade. of the other guys we'll talk about. Well, you made kind of like the Twins with Josemiel uh, Pinto. You know, oh, yeah. the, the Phillies waved, the, the Twins waved him, Phillies picked him up. I didn't see any news about any kind of trade. It just kind of happened. So, um, yeah, I think know. when you get DFA, you've got to go through waivers, and I don't think it's revocable. Yeah, I don't think it's like August. But, I don't think it's like September and August. Yeah. No, I, again. The Please, listeners, issue. correct us if we're wrong, but uh, I, oh, I yeah, forget definitely. how all the rules let, work. Let me know if, if – I, I don't have all these rules uh, memorized with, with he's regards worth, to he's, I think a waiver, I think a waiver claim is worth $50,000. I think it's okay. $25,000 $50,000. This is worth it. Oh, Unless you got to see that – obviously, when anytime you do it, it's like med- pending medical. So you bring him in, and if his shoulder looks like shredded wheat, then you, yeah. then you let him go. Then you move on. That, that, that's the thing. It's all going to be about health with somebody like Griffin, but he's not he's somebody that I would not be surprised that gets picked up. You know, maybe doesn't even make a huge impact this year, but then next year, you know, uh, makes an impact. Like, oh, yeah, remember him? He had two pretty decent seasons in 2012, 2013. Injuries ravaged him for a couple years. We see these kind of stories all the time. There's real stuff there if he has any health. Yeah, Chris Medlin comes to mind. Yep, that's a great one. Um, There are others that I can't think of because I think I mentioned 100 times on this podcast. I'm terrible about uh, thinking of names off the top of my head for a list of something. 
Yet at the same time, I'm okay at trivia, so maybe I'm not. I don't well, know. You've got, you've got Chris Medlin on one side of this, and then you have Corey Lubke on the other side of it. it who, uh, yeah, who keeps. Or you've got uh, um, Brandon Morrow on the other side of it. Brandon so Morrow, Brett Anderson until until this year. You know, right. Brett Anderson, what you have four or five years of, of fits and starts, and then finally had the year. Brandon Morrow's a good one that you mentioned. Uh, Brandon Beachy has now become one. You know, he had that glimpse uh, yeah. of, of really high quality work, and now he just keeps getting injured. So, yeah, there, there are guys out there this, like this. This is a move that I wouldn't mind seeing the Marlins make. I want the, I want my Tigers to take a shot on him, but I want well, them to take a shot on. I mean, look at a team like New Orleans, where you know Tom Calder led that team in strikeouts last year. You figure they're going to lose Jose Fernandez at some point well, here. The stadium's perfect, by the and way. And the stadium's because, a perfect fit. Yeah, that that is something that Griffin needs. You did mention the home run ball. That's something that did trouble him in the past. So he will, uh, you know, he should look for a favorable yard with with whatever team he signs on with. But there's still something there. Again, if that's not shredded wheat in his shoulder for AJ Griffin. All right, let's move on to uh, Daniel Nava and JP and Sibby. I believe those are both DFAs from from your favorite yes. club. So let's talk about Daniel Nava. Is there anything left in tank for him? Just, no. just, just flat out. Okay, that's it. That's no, it. they they gave him that bad because he's left-handed. That's why they that's why they added yes. him. They they were heavily right-handed last year. So guys like Mikey Maddock. Brandon Geyer, who are really short side platoon guys. Yep. I still would like to see Geyer get more time. Uh, they needed, they wanted some left-handed bats, so they signed Nava and gave him way too much playing time. But it, they, they never were. appearances is too much. They gave him way too much playing time, but this is these are the kind of stiffs that they had to. Uh, but he and, and Aaron Sibia got it because they just basically tired of Rene Rivera, but I think it's telling that Rivera was the one that was kept. They have four guys on the 40-man roster at catcher. They have Luke Bailey, uh, Justin O'Connor, Rene Rivera, and Kirk Casale. And you would, you would look at Rivera. It's not like he's making a ton of money next year. But at the same time, you know, people were getting – I was reading a couple of reactions like, wow, how could they let Aaron Sibia go? He hit 310. <laughs> it's like 606. Oh, I'm like, it was 70 plate appearances. You yeah. look at I – mean, the crazy thing is if you look at it – you know, we all know who Aaron Sibia was coming into the season. And down in the minors, sure, he had 22 home runs at about 220 for the Durham Bulls. But, you you know, you look at his major league numbers last year and, you know, his contact rate is 64 percent. So swinging and missing 36 percent of the time last year in just those 73 plate appearances when his career rate the previous five years was 71 percent. So if you thought he was bad, he got worse. Then his chase rate, he was chasing pitches 34% of the time out of the zone from 2009 to 2014. Last year in that cup of coffee, 49%. That's impossible. That's like Javier Baez bad in 2014. His swinging strike rate went from a terrible 15% to an abysmal 22% last year. So he hit some mistakes last year. That was it. This and he can't play defense. This is why he was DFA'd, and it doesn't you know it didn't surprise me. Sure, somebody may pick him up and give him another shot because the guy can hit a mistake, and he's yeah. nice depth to have around. But uh, it's going to be an American League team that does it. But you know, he, at least he's got some value in that regard. Uh, but not a full-time player because just way too, way, way too many holes in his bat. And this was not a move that surprised me, but I you know, wanted to bring this up because we've already seen Tampa Bay trade Nate Carnes this offseason. And then when you look at this 40-man roster, 20 pitchers on it, 20 hitters, four catchers, one left-handed batting Kiermaier in the outfield. It seems like to me, if I were trying to predict what they would do with the winter meetings, Maybe a Drew Smiley or maybe a Matt Moore goes because those are the two guys that they cannot control longer because Archer's already locked up. Odorizzi is cheap. Uh, they've got Cobb coming back. 
and, and Rasmo was dirt cheap for the next few years. So it's Smiley and Moore. Moore's got one more year on his deal before the options kick in. And then uh, Smiley's on a year to year thing with them. So if I'm, maybe they make that deal because you know they they just put, they just added Blake Snell to the 40 man roster. So they have him. They have Jacob Faria. They, you know, they have Alex Cobb coming back in August. They claim Chase Whitley off the way, off waivers from the Yankees, who, who was also coming back from Tommy John surgery. I believe he and Cobb had it in the same week. So there's two more guys coming back in late July, early August, there's a lot of pitching depth. So I could see them making that trade, and they've been tied to you know, um, relievers, you know, McGee and, and Boxberger. There's other teams out there looking for closers, and, you, and you, you've heard them talking. Uh, you know, Boxberger been out there. You'll recall how we talked about him whining about his usage late in the year, like, oh, my God, I've got to pitch in tie games. Oh, my God, I've got to pitch here. You know, Why can't I just come in and pitch one, two, three in the ninth? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's dealt. But just when you look at a team that's got 20 pitchers uh, on the 40-man roster, it just seems to me it's screaming for trade, you know, make a deal there. And let's not forget they got to do something about the James Loney, Logan Morrison situation. If they could find anyone that would take James Loney's contract off their hands one more year, it's $8 million bucks. Yeah, If they got to eat some of that stuff, just get him off the roster, please. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they're looking to get rid of him. Uh, last couple guys here, Alan Webster. Maybe I should have saved him for Eno. I'm probably going to ask Eno about him anyway because Eno, Eno, Gorn, yeah. Eno does love him. But um, you know, we we know we know the story here. You, you talk about John Axford can't command his stuff. At least he gets the strikeouts. Alan Webster can't command his stuff, and he doesn't get the strikeouts. Five point seven per nine in his career and four point nine walks. Um, I I still see a potential high end reliever here. I, again, it's. It would take some work. You, you, you can't have that kind of walk rate. But you talk about getting into shorter stints. There is some stuff here. There, there even is some swing and miss stuff, even though it hasn't shown up as a starter. I think the shorter stints will work for him. I, I'm not giving up on, on Al Webster either. I know Eno isn't. Where do you stand with him? I mean, the issue with him, there's enough velocity there. But when you're always behind 2 nothing and counts, hey, guess what you're going to throw? Uh, and that's really what it comes down to. I would like to see him maybe – Put him in the bullpen. He's been a starter almost his entire career. Yeah. But when you get to, when you get to this point where okay, you can't throw strikes, you're constantly behind in the count, and uh, you know you're you're, throw, you're throwing 93 to 95, you're constantly behind in the count, and you're becoming too hittable. I mean, to me, and this has to be a move to the bullpen at this point. Oh yeah, that, just there's he's just 20, he'll be nothing six else. Six years old when the season starts, and he's logged a total of uh, you know 120 innings in the major leagues. It's and only 120, but it's below. been so bad. Yes, everything's so way bad. below. But but his FIP is 593. I mean that's that's that's, uh, that's true. better that's than 20 points. ERA. That's right? 20 yeah, 20 points better than that's true. He's probably uh probably getting screwed on, on So a there's few room things. for improvement. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the 50% well, what, home well, run to fly ball ratio, it, it's totally the ballparks and nothing else but yes, in all that, seriousness, let's get this guy in the bullpen please. Give that's him a shot. The thing when 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 the stats are so similarly awful, it's it's not really just a small sample. I don't think more time starting is going to work. But again, I do hold out some pretty decent hope for Alan Webster as a reliever. Uh, we'll get more from Eno, uh, again, either on Monday or Tuesday when we do a show. And then uh, another guy, kind of in the in the Daniel Nava vein, just because I want to know if there's anything left outside of maybe some defense. Is Craig Gentry worth a lick, or is he just short side defense only guy? Yeah, I've always liked his defense. It's it's been good, but he can't he can't stay healthy. And now he's thirty two, you know. And where's so. the speed? That's gonna be like oh yeah. And he was sl- slated to make one point six million, and the A's were like, yeah, no, no, uh, <laughs> no. Nah. Like, uh, 
I don't know what's left. I mean, the bat was never there. It was always about steals. I mean, he did steal 25 in the minor leagues this year in AAA, coming off 20 last year in part-time duty for the A's. It, it seems to be like this will be a guy that will end up getting a job invitation to camp, and he'll yes. end up making some noise because he'll be stealing. But, he again, he's righty-righty on the short side. Um, if he hit lefty, I'd feel better about his chances. But the fact totally that he gets righty, there's way too many short side platoon guys these days. I mean, he'll, he's going to end up in minor leagues again uh, for depth. Maybe come up and do some running. But I mean, there's a reason why this guy spent so much time down there. Righty guy, lack of power. And just, uh, you know, nobody really there. carries defensive guys. And, and yeah, it, it's, it's just not there. Even with the defensive focus, you can find a better way to, to focus on defense. A short side guy with no pop. Um, you know, he's shown some on base at times, but I don't think it's there for Gentry. So I agree with you that nothing really to see there. Let's talk about some guys who are on the block, at least rumored to be. And then I'll get your thoughts as to if you think they're really going to go anywhere. But, uh, before that we have to annoy football haters a little bit more. And I have to let you know that we got really screwed Jason, because our boy Charkandrick West, who we both had in that in that league where we were first and second uh, yeah. when we started recording this, he went out with an injury, and his replacement was somebody named Spencer Ware. Never heard of him. Um, rushed for 96 yards and two touchdowns. Those are our 96 yards and two touchdowns. Son of beach. Imagine what our scores would be and the riches we would have of that $50 prize pool. Top top prize. One of Son us of would beach. have that. 50. Son of beach with your check, 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 and you get injured, Charkandrick. Anyway. Uh, back, unfortunate. Back to the baseball. It is unfortunate. It, it, it happens. I'm, it's not really the end of the world. And that it game's is. over. I, mean, I, I wanted to be one of those guys in the commercial. My life has changed. My, oh. you know, I've made 33, I have $33 on, on the line this year. But, uh, I had Charkandrick $47 in winnings today right now. And my, life, West, my life my life revolutionized. And then he went out. I'm going to quit my job. Screw my I, new promotion. I'm just going to quit my that. job. $47. Nope, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Um, actually, I, 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 I wish I was better at, at DFS. It, it is fun, but I, I have not won any life-changing money yet. Let's move on. Let's talk. Guys on the block, let's start with the biggest one that we've been hearing. And the reasons that we've been hearing are really stupid if they're true, but... First off, I will ask you point blank. Do you believe that Jose Fernandez is truly on the block? Sure. Okay. So some of the, ru- you know, some of the rumored reasons have, have simply kind of been his attitude. And, you know, uh, Ted Berg reported on MLB Now um, that one of those reasons was that he wore a hoodie around and, and they didn't like that uh, because they had a rule against wearing hoodies and they didn't want him to wear it. And, like – that's obviously stupid and ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. I just, uh, he's become more entitled and cocky is one of the quotes due to perceived favoritism from effort, uh, owner Jeffrey Loria. You know what? He should have favoritism because he's one of the top five or six pitchers in the game. I just don't know like why they would try to get rid of this guy. It doesn't make any sense. I know the money, like the, the, the dumb reason that Miami does that stuff, but oh my God. Would you be trying to trade this guy at all? No, I mean, but the reason why I, I believe it is because it's, it's absurd. So it immediately passed the Miami sniff test. <laughs> That's uh, a strong the thing point. Is, you look, you look at him, and if you trade him, it literally the fans may just stop completely showing up like, the game at all. 
it's not like the, a lot of them are there anyhow. But you've got Stanton locked up. But if you trade you, the, the Cuban fireballer in the Cuban market, it's going to be disastrous. I mean, he is, uh, he's only making – he's scheduled to make $2.2 million this year. That is not a lot. No. <laughs> if you're going to trade him, you better get a king's ransom for him. I mean, you better get such a sick deal that it, it, it should be like you can't possibly lose it because I just don't get the rationale be- behind conjuring some stuff up and trying to make him out to be a bad dude. Like, even if he is a little bit cocky, wow, a star player is full of himself. That's so weird in today's sports culture. That only happens with every single one of them. He basically, he's playing, he's attituding his way off of every major league team because no team has guys like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm sure he'll go to to his next team and they'll be like, this was the attitude problem? The, the fact that you knew you were the best player on the team? Oh, no. How dare he know that? Anyway, I, I, obviously, I don't know what's going on in there. Maybe there is some stuff, but I, I don't buy it. I just, like you said, it passes the stiff, sniff test of Miami ridiculousness. So, unfortunately for them, based on history... I'm gonna side with the player here until I get uh, until I get some proof to the, to the contrary that uh, he actually is any type of nuisance that you would need to move out because of an attitude. And I don't think being cocky um, or a little bit of a punk, if he is, um, I don't think that's that's that would that would necessitate trading such a talent. Right. All right. What about teammate D. Gordon? Again, that one seems perfectly logical. You know, he's. They, you know, he's what, uh, over 25. So he's way too old for them. I'm surprised he even lasted the entire year this year, but no, he's, he's a good player. He really backed up his 2014 breakout. D Gordon led the, uh, led baseball and hits with 205, led baseball with stolen bases and caught stealing actually 58 and 20 respectively and led the national league in hitting with a 333 average for what D Gordon does. He does it well, obviously you're not going to get any pop. Um, but you know, he's a quality asset. He's going to be 28 years old. What do you think of D. Gordon? And do you have any uh, solid fits that you think he would go to um, if he is, in fact, traded? Here's the issue. I mean, he's going to get expensive. His arbitration, again, going back to Matt Swartz's uh, figures, he's due $5.9 million in arbitration this year because stolen bases, like saves, pay really well in arbitration. Absolutely. Um, so he, and he's got three this year plus two more before he hits free agency. So if you look at his arb, it's doubling. It's more than doubling this year. Uh, you figure it may double again. And then all of a sudden you've got a guy that's maybe making $15 million in his final year before free agency. And with him, you know, He's running his game on. So he'll be 28 really early into the season. You, you figure the speed starts waning a little bit uh, when he gets right about the time he becomes a free agent, kind of like sure. the, how Jose Reyes did uh, along those lines. But you know, the, what stood out with me last year is the, de- the the this year, last year this year we're in that you know 2015. The defense got a lot better. You look at his defensive value, and that's really where he took a ramp up. So the offensive value was pretty much the same. Uh, he got on base more because he's like, okay, if you're gonna, pl- I'm gonna bunt or I'm gonna spray. You know, he's got the speed to beat out ground balls. Power's never, ever, ever going to come. But he still scored 92 and 88 runs over the past two seasons on a team that has not had a consistent lineup uh, around him in the Dodgers the uh, previous year and the Marlins this past year. I mean, that's true. Stanton missed so much time, and he still scored 88 runs because you know if he, if he got on first, he was getting on second most of the time and then Justin Bohr um, was driving him in because Justin Bohr is a beast right and then second base is is really deep and when you you know when you look at where you know this I think you wrote about shortstops recently yeah um you. and then you know second base is really deep a lot of teams have you figure you know who's got 
you try to figure out where you're going to put him. He should demand a lot of guys too. And then you look at like, okay, who's going to, the Yankees going to want him? Well, yeah, we want Aaron judge. Nah, no, no, you know, yeah, they, they right. be really holding their prospects these days. And then, you know, the Red Sox, no, no, they've got Pedroia. What about Toronto? Uh, for a couple of more years. Yeah, Toronto, oh, that would they got be Travis. Never mind. I was looking yeah, at, you've Goins, got a couple of guys. Travis so that's kind of where want. you get down to it is. Um, you get down to it, and it's just like, okay. Uh, so it's really tough to try to place them in a couple of places. But, White Sox? Um, sure. Go, go White Sox. What would be ridiculous is if you put them in, uh, like, Kansas City. KC? Yep. God, that would Actually, be stupid. Put them on Ned Yost. Be like, just go. Run. Whatever. That be perfect? <laughs> you mean stupid perfect, right? Yes. Oh, God. That I'm, I'd be, be cool stupid with perfect, that. but I mean, even you've got to you've got to have a team that I mean Boston's got plenty of pieces because even though they would made the trade, uh, you know when they made the trade for Craig Krimble, Craig Hope, Craig Kimbrell, <laughs> they uh, you know they they traded for the middle part of their farm system. They still sure. have a lot of uh, high high beef up there. So um, you know Kansas City LA doesn't have anything. The Angels, I, they don't yeah, you know, they've got give. nothing. I mean they've got next to nothing. I'm their second best prospect. Oh, that's so, nice. I didn't know you moved up. Yeah, congratulations oh, to nice me. Work. Uh, so nice and you're third. So I'm sorry, I'm a little okay. better than you because hey, I have a better arm. But, listen, uh, I moved up from 16 coming into the year though, and I had a tough season. So I'm glad to have moved up to third. I understand it's because they traded everybody. It still feels good to be third. Who cares? Hey, somebody's got to be number one and two and three, right? Exactly. Might as well be we, us. We just got to pass. Uh, I can't. Here's here's how sad their organization is i can't even come up with a viable name for who number one is because sean newcomb's gone so i can't even say who we have to pass uh that's, that's how terrible. bad their system is, it is I'm, brutal. Try, I'm trying to think of other potential uh spots and it is tough to kind of come up with them i think that that could be one of their biggest challenges um in trying to deal d gordon is is where where can you really see him i mean is that somebody that san diego would get uh you know Corey spangenberg is is in there I don't what where are they right now? You know, they just traded off their two best relievers. That doesn't mean that I necessarily think that San Diego's uh, cashing it in, though, and saying we're not going to be good because you don't need, uh, the, you know, Brandon Maurer and Kevin Quackenbush, Nick Vincent and Mark Zepchinski as a lefty that can hold down the the, 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 the uh, bullpen. I'm not I'm not too worried about San Diego with bullpen. They seem to churn those guys out every left year. Right. Um, but they kind of decimated their, you know, they decimated their system until they got these Red Sox players. And I don't know that they want to go uh, block second base right away either because they've got uh, Judd Jerko who can move back over there when I think Javier Guerra, like one of the guys they got in that Kimbrel deal, is a shortstop. So I'm having a tough time finding a great spot for him. Um, maybe back not back over to the AL, NL West in Arizona. You know, Chris Owens, well, are we really I – mean well, let's look at the other issue, too. I believe D. Gordon went – I believe he was in the first round in both drafts out in the Arizona Fall League that we were at. Yes, he was. He was way too high in my league, I think. I think, he was, I think he was high. a first-rounder, and I think he was a top-10 guy in the in the fantasy 4-on-1 mock I'm doing right now. And that's that's tough for me. Like, even with uh, with somebody like a um, Jose Altuve, I'm, I'm okay with it a little bit more because – there's a there's a power element. I'm not gonna say say that Jose Altuve has power necessarily. I know he had 15 this year, but there's a power element. I hate getting that almost zero out of power um, at at a position, especially with such an early pick like a D Gordon. Actually, I'm looking at your your draft now. It was Altuve yeah, who say, went in that in that first oh, round. D Gordon, D. Gordon went, went third, third round. Okay, thank you. So. Um, um, I just, because he's is he when you look at stolen bases and how much better he was than everybody else, 
You know, it's not like he's like I took Clayton Kershaw with the sixth pick overall in this draft. I'm not ready to say he's the Clayton Kershaw of stolen bases. Oh, as as Kershaw is to strikeouts. Right. Because, yeah, there's a big difference in there, but that's one place. It's not like Gordon. Gordon's not dominating other categories like Kershaw is with strikeouts and ratios. Well, you know, you can get stolen bases and batting average. One thing I will say, though, is that the stolen bases really dried up last year. So the fact that he does lead by 15 over the next guy and they really dried up. Um, they're like 700 more homers and and fewer stolen bases than 2014. So homers went way up. Stolen bases actually went down. And so that probably does make somebody like D. Gordon more valuable. I still didn't like him at nine in that 15-team draft that I did. Right. Um, but, but where Todd got him now in the third round of that mock draft that you're talking about, Todd Zola, behind Paul Goldschmidt and J.D. Martinez – that's a trio that I really like because now you. Yeah, I would have taken him if he had been there when I took Kane three picks later. I would have taken Gordon. Absolutely. Because I was like, okay, I got a lot of ratios and I got power with Encarnacion, and I was going for a, a power speed combo guy, but thinking oh, I really I can't go three rounds without drafting speed. So let me take the guy that I think is the best overall contributor, and that's why I went with Kane. But I would have had no problem taking Gordon in the middle of third round. Since I've, just, I've seen him, I've seen him obviously in the first round. I've seen him creep into the top twenty-four. Oh, that's I, not that's too rich for me. The top twenty four is too rich for you on Kane or Gordon? On Gordon. Okay. Um, interestingly enough, that team that took Gordon in my draft then got Kane. They went Gordon, Kane, Keichel, Cruz, Adrian Gonzalez. Those are their first five picks. So even though we don't agree with Gordon at the first pick, how do you like the next four rounds there? I like it. You've got your power. I mean, you took. You're able to take a crew. You're able to take a Cruz and a Gonzalez, two guys that could, you know, combine for 60, 65. 70 home runs yeah. and, and combine for 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7 steals between the two of them. <laughs> um, and it's work. And it works out because you don't. You, you've you've drafted 75. You got 75 steals, uh, 60 to 65 home runs, and 200 okay. strikeouts out of your first five picks. If you're saying, if you're saying, you know, Cruz, what, 35, 25 from Adrian, and at least another 10, 15 from from Kane, if not more. I could, I think they he might. I have think Kane's a 20 home power. I think he's I agree. a 20 guy this I year. I totally agree. I'm just saying, even on the downside, if you think it kind of regresses, I still think. For me, Kane is this year's Michael Brantley, a guy that I really believed in Michael Brantley because even if he slid back, I never thought it was going to kill me. The only thing that really hurt Michael Brantley last year was injury, um, and, and it limited him to 137 games. But even though he you know, had some backslide and it wasn't all the way, 310 and 15-15 was what uh, Brantley did last year. That's great. Even a little bit more backslide from that, it wouldn't have killed you where you drafted him, even though it's not returning the exact value of where you drafted him. You got uh, Kane in that third round. Okay, so even if he backslides a little bit off of what he did this year, it's it's just not going to be a pick that kills you. Injury is really the only thing that I think kills you with that pick. Plus, I agree with you. There is a lot of upside. I'm 100% with you on Kane that he can take his power up another level without crushing his stolen bases, and the batting average has now been there for two uh, for the last two years. So I'm a big uh, Lorenzo Kane believer. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Let's move on. We got two more guys on the same team. Actually, I didn't realize it worked that way on the uh, with the on the block guys. Two two from one team, two from another. These next two um, are Cincinnati Reds. We'll start with Jay Bruce. He's apparently got his name out there for for some trades. He's got a a no trade clause that blocks eight teams. I'll get Tampa those Bay, of course. Oh, nobody it, wants to come to Tampa Bay. Can you blame him though? Can no. You, I mean, you, you, hey, it, never rain. <clears throat> never rain. 
That's true. But uh, here are the teams. Pardon me. Red Sox, Rays, Yankees, Blue Jays. Doesn't want to go to that division. Piss off AL East. Um, <laughs> except for the Orioles. Actually, which is the team that's in on him, by the way, right now, the one that I yeah, read. Yeah, which is the team that would actually be a good fit for him. Diamondbacks, Marlins, A's, and Twins. So you got your mix of the really tough division, except the Orioles, or, or it used to be a really tough division. We'll see how tough it is again this year. But then Diamondbacks, Marlins, A's, and Twins are kind of the, the lower class. And, and again, this this was – I don't know if this is something that you alter. You can name the eight teams whenever you want. But it looks like a mix of – the really big markets and then the really crappy markets. Anything in between, he's cool with. So obviously, I, I you kind of mentioned that uh, you like this Orioles talk. Any other teams that you like uh, for Jay Bruce here, and what do you think he's going to cost a ball club? Well, he is due twelve and a half million dollars this year, guaranteed, and then he has a thirteen million dollar option, which nobody, unless they're on drugs, would pick up, um, <laughs> or he is. Um, or he has a million dollar buyout. So he's going to cost you $13.5 million to acquire. Okay. Um, you know, it, to his good, you know, one of the things when you think of Jay Bruce, you immediately think, oh, God, this guy can't hit lefties. And, and it's it's been a weird thing. He's got the whole Saber Hagen metrics going on. Mm-hmm. You know, 2011 Absolutely. hit 218 against him, then 195, then 274, then 141, then 250. So is this year he gets 130 against lefties? <laughs> Uh, who knows? But he, he a lot of the power you know, the past two seasons, a total of eight home runs against lefties. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a little rough. But then if we switch over and look at righties where he's supposed to be hitting well. Uh, and then last year he had 233 and in 2014, he had 218 against them. His batting average against right handed pitching has gone down each of the past four seasons. So uh, some a lot of, of that... things trending in the wrong direction, but he could still hit righties for power. If we take 2014 out and we give him a break for the injury, Eno covered this on the website between right. Bruce and Votto, some of the injuries they went through. What if we just we'll wash that out? Then he goes from 841 against righties. This is OPS now in 2013 to 754 last year. Still a drop, but not as precipitous. And 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 you might feel a little bit more comfortable with health because he he seemed to get healthy last year. Um, I don't think he was healthy at the very beginning. I don't. I think it was, and then kind of as the year went on, he really did start to show some health, and even had some decent decent runs there. Um, can he at least be a 750 against righties? But more importantly, do you sure. think he can bounce back above the 800s? He has a full career of 800s, uh, 800 somethings against right-handers. He used to crush them until 2014, 2015. Is that just age, or is a, a 100% clean bill of health and maybe a new 29 to start of the season? That's true. So uh, you're worried about skills decline related to age. Uh, sure. I mean, just 29 is not terrible. It's, oh, okay. it's really I, not you're terrible, saying that as a positive. Okay. Think, okay. I wasn't yeah, sure I mean, you're saying. There's worse crimes. There's worse crimes than to be a guy that's got to sit against lefties. Um, uh, of course. With him. But it, with 12 and a half million, you're paying him as a two at, at that rate. You're paying him as a two and a half win player. And he hasn't been that in the past two. He's only been that one time in the past four seasons. So maybe he could be. A, a more powerful but less batting averagey Andre Ethier at his, if he rebound if a full rebound where where you're saying listen he's on this new team whatever this new team is Orioles or whatever basically not going to play you against lefties you're going to be full righties and we just want you to focus on destroying them again less batting average than what Ethier's been doing he's always up in 290s 300s but more power. Ethier's only hit 20 home runs against left uh, against righties uh, once uh, since 2010. So you, you are factoring maybe 20 homers 
but like a 250 average and then a 820 OPS. Is that doable for Bruce again? Do you see that? As, not, not just as the you know, upper end. Do you see that as reasonable? It's reasonable. I mean, the thing that you can you can quote unquote play him in the outfield. It's not like he's a really good defender anyhow out there. Is an arm or no? I I don't know. Maybe it's range. Like to have a hose. Maybe but not. You, you look at it. I'm just yeah, I'm trying to think of a fit. When you look at the rosters, you know where would be a fit as I'm peeking around Major League Baseball right now. So do you like the Baltimore one because they're um, almost certainly going to lose. Chris Davis, and then maybe yes. they could start to work on a transition where, okay, you do some right field, but we're also maybe going to try to make you our first baseman of the next whatever. But isn't Parra isn't Parra isn't Parra a free agent for them as well? Parra is a free agent, somebody that. So you've got Adam time. Jones and what else in the outfield? Uh, uh, Don Reimold and me actually. I'm listed on that. That's weird. I'm an Angels so you got prospect. traded from the Angels? How'd you get traded from the Angels? I think it happened over the weekend. So now I'm I'm I passed you kind of because I'm on a major league roster now. I'm I'm the I'm right field for the Orioles. That's pretty I'll sweet. Take, you gotta you gotta take me out and buy me a suit. I think that's what they do for that's, rookies. So I, do, I will I will I'll take yeah. care of you, man. I'll I'll put, I'll put you on. You're all right. You're all right. Uh-huh. Take me out. Take me for a but I mean that would be that really when you look at their depth chart, you know that's a nice place. I'm trying to you know if I'm trying to place them somewhere else. No, I'm looking at the National League saying no, the maybe like, the Mets maybe the Mets if they replace Cespedes's power. Yeah, because they but were rumored with play him. Center? I mean, then you got to have Lagares play center field, but then we got Conforto and Granderson because Bruce is really a corner outfielder, and oh, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, moving you one of that. those guys. That's not even you're a not good fit. Not moving one of those guys, so that's not that's not a good fit. And that's a fit you would do in July to get by. That's not one that you purposely do in the off season to stick yourself. I I, I don't think they should. That would that would be worse than like when Shinsu San Diego Chu was thinks they're making a run. Field. If San Diego thinks they're making a run, there's worse you know there's worse fits than getting a guy in his final year. And, sure. uh, you know, you're losing Upton. You've got you and you're possibly trading Kemp is what they keep saying. You know, that, that's the rumors you've heard, too. Oh, is, Baltimore uh, makes a ton of sense. Yeah, Baltimore it is a strong fit. We'll see if that gets done with them. And then, of course, you guys know the other one. I'm sure could have guessed it. It's the oldest Chapman on that same ball club. And obviously the talks are pretty hot with him right now, uh, suggesting that they want to get it done even before the winter meetings, uh, which are coming up soon. I don't know the exact time that those are coming. I put in the notes, how much of a good fit is this for Houston? Because we're getting the reports, and this is a quote that they're hell-bent on getting a closer. So they want to get one of the studs out there. I'm sure they were talking to San Diego about Kimbrell at some point. Maybe it broke down. But they want to get somebody to put in that ninth and then back everybody else up. Then you're talking about a Gregerson eighth, uh, a Neshek, Will Harris seventh, and, and that lines up pretty nicely. Their bullpen did great last year, but I don't think you can expect it to repeat. So strengthening it, moving up all those guys who perform well back one role, I think is a great idea. But it's pure speculation. Where do you see a role, a role this Chapman going? Um, he's due, he's due $12.9 million in arbitration this year. Dude, pay him. Twelve nine. I mean, like not pay him, but not worth it. I mean, he's been a he's been a two and a half win player each of the past two seasons. So that's so perfect, he you right? know he's right on he's right on target for that. And Boston already made their play and has um you know has uh, Kimbrel. Yankees have Andrew Miller. So you know you take those two big salaries out of it. The Dodgers yeah. have Kenley Jansen. Take that out of it. Yeah. And you know then you start thinking Tigers around who else K-Rod. is going to. Uh, they you know they made their deal for their closer. Uh, you know. If I'm the Astros, I'm using the – when you think about the rumors, about the Brad Boxberger rumors and the Jake McGee, you know, obviously that's the leverage I'm using. Oh, I can just go get those guys much cheaper. Don't pay $13 million. In fact, I can get them both for less than this. Texas yeah, you know, if somebody were been... to trade them for 
Um, their, you know, their, their bullpen together. I, I still don't think that they're comfortable with necessarily Tolleson or Wilhelmson there. If they be. added a Chapman, that would be a ridiculous bullpen because it's already pretty good, even if you do have to go with Tolleson again, I think. It would be um, if, if Seattle thinks you know they're in shape. Yeah. Um, Cause then they, cause then Benoit and Smith, you know, I, I still think Smith can be a stud closer, but if they're not comfortable with him, you talk about Chapman, Benoit Smith, that's a trio. Yeah. And again, these teams, you know, that's, I think it's the only real copycat thing that we're going to see out of the KC Royals, uh, you know, jump up these last two years is kind of trying to get that three headed monster or more. If you can, obviously, I don't think we're going to see a team try to put together a, a, a bunch of contact guys. I just don't think it can really work that way. But the thing that you will see, you know, copycat uh w- would be i think the the three-headed monster with that holland davis herrera that they had and even this year davis herrera and hoche Vera was coming in madsen did okay at times uh at least throughout this regular season but i think that's the, the kind of thing that teams are going to want so even even if seattle feels like they're set all of a sudden chapman benoit smith that's filthy so i i, I like the houston thing though because chapman gregerson nishak you know, Nishek's a not imposing third head of that of that uh, of that monster there. But Will Harris had a good season. You still got Josh Fields who could become something. They'd at least have the first two pieces. And Chapman's almost like a one and a half piece. He's so good. I'd like to see him get more innings. To be honest, I feel like a team should try to use him for seventy-five innings to really maximize him. Yeah, there's not. I mean, there's it's a rather limited market. I mean, he's going to be a free agent after this next season. So if you get him, you know, obviously you you tender him. Let him decline it and let him go, and you get you know compensation for that. But Arizona wouldn't make a play at him. It, they wouldn't. I, I, weren't actually, they, I don't know. They I guess I can't rule that year? out. I guess I can't rule that out. And so I, Arizona, I like Daniel Atlanta, Hudson. No. Um, yeah, as a, yeah, we as talked a about him being, his, being him being a reliever. But F Ziegler, dude, that's not. I'm not. I'm yeah, not that's down not with Ziegler. Work. And uh, um, I'd say the Atlanta Giants work. But Strickland's a beast. Right. Yeah, Atlanta, the Cubs, no. no Cincinnati, no. Colorado, no. L.A., no. Miami, no. It's kind Milwaukee, of limited. no. Mets have Familia. Phillies, no. Pirates, no. Padres, no. We already said the Giants. Um, Cardinals have their issues. Washington still has to get rid of Papelbon, and they've got Storen. So, I mean, yeah. that's that market. And then, you know, you move across the American League. Houston obviously makes sense. Baltimore needs to replace O'Day. Uh, but yeah, they've but also got they've got bigger issues. They're not gonna issues. go Britt and Chapman. They would they right. want to get a righty stud. And you've got well, Boston is have already made their play. The White Sox, I can't see them doing that. Um, you know, they've got Robertson committed to a long term deal. The Indians, you know, who knows? Uh, they, they've got their pieces, but it doesn't seem like where they would invest. Detroit's already made their move. Kansas City has their guy. The Angels. Yeah, I I, I think I think. Honestly, we're talking about two or three teams that can really do this. It, it's looking like a, a, a thin market, and even some of the teams that are in the market would be a little bit of overlap. Maybe Oakland shocks the world and, and doesn't says we'll pay him for the one year, and and you know. He, he yeah, but then they lose front. him. But then they, they got to trade him in the middle of the year, and they lose compensation. If you're going to well, do I'll it, say, you make the move for the guy now. Uh, that's what I say. You, you you keep him now. You keep him for the year, and you get the pick. You, you pay him the the, the whatever. The twelve, the twelve and a half million. But again, I, I think they run into the same problem with Doolittle. Um, you know, your top two guys are then both lefties. I don't know if I don't know if they necessarily want that. So, right. Uh, all right, last couple things we've got here. 
couple of free agent buzz teams being linked to, to certain guys, a couple of big guys out there. Darren O'Day, you had already mentioned Baltimore's very likely going to lose him. He's looking for a big four year deal. I think he'll, he's going to get it too, to be honest. Uh, he's just been so damn good. I don't know why, you know, I get that he's a little bit older and he's a reliever, but he's, he's so good. I don't know why you wouldn't pay him. Um, and the Nats are being heavily rumored with him, which fur- furthers the, the fact that there's just no chance that they keep Papelbon. Um, I only mentioned that because some, people seem to think at least as the season ended that they would they strongly felt that way some things that i read uh seemed to strongly feel that palpabon would stay just I, I can't see it so you're talking to oday and storn to kind of start off your bullpen that's interesting what do you think of darren oday uh first off with his demands and then um if, if with the nationals as a team being involved for him um i like oday a lot it- He's not a guy you think about guys with a low arm slot being susceptible to the other side, but that's not the case with him. I've seen him pitch a ton uh, against the Rays, and I hate when he comes into games because he's so awesome unless he's so facing Jose Bautista. Bautista. Yeah, <laughs> we're thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, that's the thing. And, uh, yeah, I think he'd be perfect. I, this, this is definitely a guy that's paid his dues in the middle uh, and late innings to get the closer job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think he deserves the role. He's, he should get a role somewhere. It'll be great. It'll be a new closer on the market. Obviously, that's a zero-sum game. Somebody will lose a job, but uh, I think Darren O'Day will be an interesting closer. I know, again, I know he's 33, but how do you argue with the numbers he's put up? The only time that he's ever been bad, he was injured. It was Texas, 17, uh, 17 innings. He had a 540 ERA, um, and then he missed the rest of the season. Every other time, he's been amazing. Darren O'Day has a 231 ERA and 444 innings with a one-flat whip, um, 8 seven strikeouts but those are on the rise too he used to be uh, used to not really be a strikeout guy at all and that was another thing that kind of held him back from being a closer but ever since getting to baltimore 9.7 per nine with no walks no homers and no hits you can't square the guy up he's a stud uh so he'll get his money and then the last one it looks like uh rumors are suggesting that the dodgers have identified jordan zimmerman as a guy that they're going to look for which Makes sense because I feel like uh, they're also going to get Granky back, and then you're looking at uh, Kershaw, Granky, Zimmerman, and that's why they're probably in the Zimmerman sweepstakes more than they would be in like a David Price. So they're trying to get that mid-tier potential stud. What do you think of Jordan Zimmerman, and how likely do you think he is to go to um, the Dodgers? That would work out really well for them. Um, I, I don't see Price going there. I still see, think Price is going to Chicago. Um, really heavily favored, favored going to Chicago or Boston. I think Atlanta, as much as they've been trying to cut everything, I, I just don't see him going there because it's it's too bare bones. I mean, he's he's always talked about wanting to be closer. This is he is in Price has always talked about wanting to be closer to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you know, Murfreesboro is within driving distance of Atlanta. That said, it's really tough to go from being on a competing team year in and year out to going to what Atlanta is going to be for the next couple of years. Uh, the way they've gutted that roster out. So, but Zimmerman would be a nice fit there uh, for the Dodgers. Keeping him in the National League would be cool. Uh, that way, the strikeout rate stays where it could be. I'd be worried if he goes to the American League because he's going to lose a little bit of strikeouts. Yeah, and, especially uh, if he but, goes somewhere tough like like the uh, the AL East, where they you know they do have obviously Boston, uh, New York, and, and Toronto. Those grinded out really tough lineups. I think he would drop the strikeouts even further, Zimmerman. Going for those three and out, you know, three pitches and out, don't care about the strikeout, just trying to to accumulate outs. I think his circumstance would, would dictate that. I'd really like to see him, honestly, in the in the NL West out there. Obviously, you got Chicago, uh, Chicago. you got Colorado, um, and Arizona's a tough park in their quality lineup. But 
you know, he can handle that. Jordan Zimmerman's a very good pitcher. I know he underwhelmed against expectations this year, but his season was well within the range of outcomes for him based on 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 what he is. The it was on the low end of the range. It was. But it was there. <laughs> it was. It was on. It was on a lower end of it. He he raises ERA by a full run from 266 to 366. Uh, the strikeouts dropped by one, but you know, had some bad homer luck. More hits went through than than normal. Lower end range, but in the range. So I think Zimmerman will bounce back. What kind of deal you think he gets in terms of length? You're always good at these sorts of guesses. Actually, I'm kind of terrible at the guesses on length. I mean, he's going to be. What's he going to be? Are you good at the? You're good at the teams and and the and the per annum. Yeah, I mean, for him, how much they should make per year. I got to look at his age. Um, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Here's what. Here's what we'll do. Next. So we turned. Well, he turned 30 in the middle part of the season. Um, no, no, you can let's save give, it. Let's give next him five one oh five. Next week, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the top. Uh, maybe we'll do between ten and twenty. We'll see. We'll see what it's like. Free agents, and I'm gonna we're gonna play a guessing game. We're gonna have you. We're gonna get your picks because I I do think you're good at identifying these. I'll give you lead up time for it. Obviously, so send it to you in the middle of the week. Weekend. What's that? We're good to talk on Thanksgiving oh, yeah, weekend. We'll, we'll see. We'll see I am, how you are. I, 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 Sunday night because the following Sunday I am out of pocket. Okay, yeah, then we'll we'll try to get something down that Sunday then. So we will still be here next week. We're just doing um, scheduling for all of you guys so you can yeah, plan. Yeah, so you guys can hear too. So yeah, yeah we're, we're going to try to get next Sunday, uh, December sixth. So um, next weekend's more ideal. If we're going to skip a weekend, let's make it this the December sixth. And and do you know when the winter meetings start? Because I don't know if you know uh, shortly thereafter that uh, they okay. start the week. I think they're the ninth through the uh, the eighth through the eleventh. That would make sense. Along yeah. those lines, I, I just know right. I can't go because with the with the new role at work, I just can't exactly say, hey, I need three days off to go of play around with friends. That's all right. So. You're, just, you're just too good at work. That's all right. That happens. But uh, yeah, we'll get out of here on that. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Again, Ian and I will be back within the next two days. I think actually tomorrow, but I don't want to say for certain. You know, his, his babies are getting sick. And if they get him sick, I've been trying to fight through something. So we'll see. But definitely in the next couple of days before the holidays. So you'll have two to listen to as you drive to wherever you're going for Thanksgiving. Jason, hope you have a great Thanksgiving with the family. We will talk in a week. Until then, take care. You too. Bye.